We have already addressed the history of Rosicrucianism in the 17th century and in the 18th century in previous episodes. And in this one, we will dive into the 19th and 20th century's developments, including the three largest organizations, the Rosicrucian Fellowship, Lectorium Rosicrucianum and Amorc. So come along to learn more about this fascinating order. Hello everyone! I'm Dr. Angela Puca and welcome to my symposium. I'm a PhD and a university lecturer and this is your online resource for the academic study of magic, paganism, shamanism, Rosicrucianism and all things occult. Today's video is brought to you by the friend of the symposium, Regulus. Thank you so much for commissioning this video and I hope you find it interesting. According to Massimo Introvigne, source of this video's content, there is no direct connection between 19th and 20th century Rosicrucian orders and their 17th century counterparts. I will therefore address Rosicrucian orders as autonomous organizations, excluding Rosicrucian degrees within Freemasonry. The oldest modern Masonic Rosicrucian order is the Societas Rosicruciana in Anglia, founded in London in 1865-1866 by Freemason Robert Wentworth Little. This society led then to the birth of two American ones, the Societas Rosicruciana in Civitatibus Federatis and the Societas Rosicruciana in America, both of which are still active. As I already mentioned in a past episode, the Societas Rosicruciana in Anglia also influenced the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn and later the Builders of Aditum, founded by Paul Foster Case. Meanwhile, in France, small Rosicrucian groups were active in Toulouse from the first decades of the 19th century, gathering around Viscount Louis-Charles-Édouard de Lepers. A larger and significant organization was the Kabbalistic Order of the Rose Cross, founded in Paris in 1887 by Stanislav de Guaita Papu and or Papus and Peladan. The latter, an eccentric poet and independent Roman Catholic, left the Kabbalistic Order in 1890 to create the Catholic Order of the Rossi Cross of Temple and Grail. The two orders were in a state of rivalry, a controversy that was noticed by the press and called the War of the Two Roses. Peladan's organization was neither popular nor influential, except for the fact that it inspired French literature, art and music at the time. More influential for the first modern Rosicrucian generation was the Kabbalistic Order, even though it is challenging to distinguish it from the several other occult groups similarly led by Papus. There are numerous Rosicrucian organizations, but I will focus on the ones that have reached international visibility and impact. The Rosicrucian Fellowship, the Lectorium Rosicrucianum and AMORC, or A-M-O-R-C. Karl-Louis von Grashof was born in Denmark into a German aristocratic family. In his youth, he joined the Theosophical Society and in 1907 traveled to Germany, where he met Rudolf Steiner, who later founded Anthroposophy while at the time was leading the German Theosophical Society. As Introvigne explains, Grashof later claimed to have met a mysterious elder brother of the Rose Cross, who took him to a secret temple on the border between 
Germany and Bohemia. After his return to California, Grasshoff published in 1909 his Magnus Opum, the Rosicrucian Cosmo Conception under the pseudonym of Max Heinzel, and in 1910 he married a popular astrologer, Augusta Foss. After publishing more works on astrology, Freemasonry and other esoteric topics, he launched the Rosicrucian Fellowship in 1909, which was officially integrated in 1911. He also supervised the creation of the Fellowship's international headquarters in Oceanside, California, which included a temple and beautiful gardens. After Heindel's passing in 1919, his wife Augusta fostered the fellowship's expansion into several foreign countries, with a membership of thousands. Differently from the Rosicrucian organizations, the fellowship had a more religious inclination in its structure, which is made plain by the inclusion of rituals of weddings and funerals, as well as spiritual healing services. Astrology was and remains an essential part of the Fellowship's teachings, even today, along with Theosophy and Anthroposophy. Indeed, we find here teachings pertaining to Karma, the Law of Consequences, Reincarnation, the Law of Rebirth, and beliefs in a succession of Theosophical root races on Earth. The Fellowship promotes vegetarianism and warns against the detrimental effects of tobacco, drugs and alcohol that lead humans to forget their higher self. The Lectorium Rosicrucianum, or the International School of the Golden Rosy Cross, was founded by Jan Lini and his brother Zier Willem Lini, both leaders of the Rosicrucian Fellowship in the Netherlands. Even though the events that led to the Lectorium's foundation date back to August 24th, 1924, it was only in 1935 that the Leans and Henny Stockheiser, who joined them in 1930, formally declared their independence from the Fellowship and established a Rosicrucian society of their own. After Z. W. Lini's death in 1938, Jen Lini and Stockheiser, under the respective pen names of Jen van Riekerborg and Kataros de Petri, began writing several books about their teachings, which resembled a kind of Christian Gnosticism influenced by Hermeticism, 17th century Rosicrucianism, and Jacob Bohem. Following the Nazi invasion of the Netherlands, the movement was proscribed, its property confiscated, and several members executed. However, it still continued its activities underground throughout the war years, and in 1945 the movement was reorganized and resurfaced under the name of Lectorium Rosicrucianum. In 1948, the two founders met Antonin Gedel, one of the founding fathers of modern Neocatharism, who in 1957 would become the first president of the French branch of the Lectorium. It was after the founders' deaths that the Lectorium, led by an international spiritual directorate, became a truly international movement, with currently around 15,000 members and pupils. Members of the school are those not yet prepared to leave the teachings and are distinguished from pupils who meet regularly for services in the temples that the Lectorium has established in a number of countries. 
Pupils, intravenere marks, are expected to conduct a healthy lifestyle, abstain from alcohol and drugs, reject all occult practices, and any form of communication with the dead. Interestingly, they would also need to be vigilant of the damaging influence of the media, especially television. <sighs> Not YouTube. In terms of their theoretical framework, the Lectarium endorses concepts akin to Gnosticism and Catharism, along with trying to reconcile its teaching with those of 17th century Rosicrucianism. A key teaching maintains that there is a distinction between the original divine order and the dialectic order. This includes the dead and the living, everyone who is part of the cycle of living, dying and being born again. Notably, here it is not the ego which is deemed to get reincarnated, but rather the human microcosm. By being reincarnated, the human microcosm needs to overcome the will of life and death to attain the divine realm of immortality and light. Yet, even within the human microcosm, a divine spark remains latent in the heart and calls for a return home, to the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, the main purpose of the Lectorium is precisely this, to guide its members in the process of awakening and transfiguration from microcosm to divine. Last but most certainly not the least, we have Amork, the ancient and mystical order Rose Crucis. Amork maintains that the order is not a religion and that it includes members, students from several different religious backgrounds. Amork was founded in 1915 by Harvey Spencer Lewis, a New York advertising agent who had been one of the founders of the New York Society of Psychical Research. Interesting to notice that Lewis considered the Wistahican community, founded in 1694 by Johannes Kelpius, as the first American Rosicrucian experiment and claimed that some of his ancestors had been involved in it. In 1909, Lewis visited France and reported that he had been initiated into the Rosy Cross in an old tower in Toulouse. The first National Amorc Conference was held in Pittsburgh in 1917, but the order later moved to San Francisco, Tampa, Florida, and in 1927 to San Jose in California, where its world headquarters, including a temple, museum, library, and planetarium, have become one of the city's main tourist attractions. As a result of Amorc's success in the United States, numerous more or less independent Amorcs were established in Europe. Some of them later became independent organizations, like the AAORRAC. Seriously, that's a mouthful, but wait for the full name in Latin, a language that I feel more comfortable with. The Antiquus Arcanum Ordorose Rube Aure Crucis. This order was led by Edward Manninger. Interesting to notice that Louis, working along with Jean Gaston, managed to keep the large French-speaking branch within the main branch. After him, the leader or imperator of Amorc became his son, Ralph Maxwell Lewis. When Ralph died, Gary L. Stewart, despite being only 34 years old at the time, was elected imperator with the support of Raymond Bernard, the powerful reader of the French-speaking branch. 
Stewart found himself in conflict with the board of directors pretty soon and in 1990 was replaced by Raymond Bernard's son, Christian. After the 1990 crisis, two of Stewart's supporters, Paul Walden and Ashley McFadden, established the ancient Rosicrucis, while Stewart himself founded a confraternity of the Rose Cross. The elder Bernard, in turn, disassociated himself from Amork and founded a number of separate organizations, including CERCES, the International Committee for Charitable and Social Works, now presented as the humanitarian branch of the Sovereign Order of the Temple of Initiation, a neo-Templar organization Bernard had created while still a leader of Amork. Introvigna deems fair to affirm that Amork remains by far the largest international Rosicrucian organization, with hundreds of thousands of members. The figure of six millions is often quoted and refers to the order's mailing list. Most Amork members enroll in correspondence courses and follow the instructions included in the order's monographs. For the first nine degrees, initiations may be self-conferred at home, although they may also be received in a temple. For the 10th, 11th and 12th degrees, there are no initiations because the member at this stage is advanced enough to establish a direct contact with the occult hierarchy. Before entering the nine degrees, each student goes through five introductory lessons and three atria as a neophyte, learning, among other things, concepts like the structure of matter, the power of thought, Rosicrucian healing treatments, as well as karma and reincarnation. Additional information about these and other esoteric themes is offered during the course of the nine degrees process, usually completed in five or six years. Beyond the ninth degree, secret teachings include mystical techniques of concentration, meditation, visualization, and spiritual alchemy. Amork teaches that, ideally, humans should reincarnate every 144 years or live to the age of 144, then die and get reincarnated immediately. The student's main purpose is not to escape the cycle of reincarnation, but rather to be received into the great wide brotherhood thanks to a cosmic initiation. Amork claims to be the descendant of a tradition dating back to ancient Egypt and the pharaoh Tutmosis III. They also assert that there are documents that confirm this claim and that they are stored in the San Jose archives. Other teachings of the Order concern Jesus Christ, who is regarded as a member of the Essene Brotherhood. He did not die on the cross, but was saved from crucifixion and retired to a monastery on Mount Carmel. Additional teachings include astrology, occult anatomy, and the study of the esoteric meaning of numbers, sounds, and geometrical shapes. Amork maintains a very visible presence thanks to its temples, publishing houses, and magazines in several countries. Beyond the three largest organizations, several dozens of smaller Rosicrucian bodies are also active throughout the world. One of the most influential is the Fraternitas Rosicruciana Antiqua, founded in the 1920s in Latin America by Arnoldo Krumheller, who was once an associate of Aleister Crowley. 
Krumheller managed to establish the largest Spanish-speaking Rosicrucian organization, with teachings sourced from Freemasonry, Theosophy, and several different systems of sex magic. These organizations split into a number of competing branches after Krumheller's death in 1949, none of them as large as the original organization had been before World War II. The influence of this organization and Krumheller relies in the role they played in the formation of the Gnostic movement and the Gnostic church founded in the 1950s in Mexico. Even though it got divided into dozens of rival groups after the founder's death, the Gnostic movement founded by the Colombian esotericists still upholds teachings and features of Krumheller's FRA. If we combine the membership of its branches, they run into tens of thousands, and despite it not being purely Rosicrucian, this Gnostic movement, Intravigne argues, probably still needs to be included alongside the Rosicrucian Fellowship, Amorc, and the Lectorium Rosicrucianum, among the largest international bodies still claiming a Rosicrucian heritage in the 21st century. This is it for today's video. Thank you again, Regulus, for reaching out and commissioning a video on this topic. And as for you, my kind viewer, if you like my content and want me to keep the academic fund going, please consider supporting my work with a one-off PayPal donation by joining memberships or my inner symposium on Patreon, where you will get access to our Discord server, monthly lectures, and lots of other perks depending on your chosen tier. Now I also have super thanks, so you can super thank me and support my project at the same time. And if you did like this video, don't forget to smash the like button, subscribe to the channel, activate the notification bell so that you will never miss a new upload from me. And as always, thanks for being here and stay tuned for all the academic fun. Bye for now.